This episode of the Rad Broadcast is brought to you by Tech2U. Tech2U strives to deliver superior technical services from professional and friendly staff while maintaining their principles of credibility, accountability, and customer service as they grow. With locations all over Northern California, Southern California, and Las Vegas, Tech2U provides in-shop repair, mobile services for residential and business, and remote service provided online. Tech2U repairs everything ranging from printers, scanners, screen repair, motherboards, keyboards, touchpads. They'll even recycle electronics. Visit www tech2u.com that's tech the number two u.com or call 888-340-8324 that's 888-340-8324 for tech2u the rad What's up, Prodheads? Welcome to another episode of the Rad Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening. I am producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Dawn Show, and this week we have a very special guest, or I have a very special guest, me and the mouse in my pocket. Um, I, I went and talked to my energy worker, Sierra Podva, and she can be found at sierrapodva.com. That's S-I-E-R-R-A-P-O-D-V-A.com. And you can find out all the information about where she works and how you can book online if you want to book a session with her. But she is a energy worker, a Reiki master, and she will be able to explain a lot more in depth of what this Reiki stuff is and what the uh, the purpose of all this energy work that I have been uh, taking advantage of over the last probably three or four years now. And it has done wonders for me um, from feeling disconnected to having anxiety, feeling isolated. Um there's so many reasons that you might want to to take advantage of of energy work, such things like anxiety, insomnia, negative self talk, addiction, fear, feeling uh, or being hooked in the same patterns. How to detach from relationships in a healthy way? How to stay grounded, centered, and protected? How to identify um, your own triggers and how to become more compassionate and heart centered, first with yourself and then with others and how to connect with your higher self. Rob uh, from the show would consider this to be mumbo-jumbo, and a lot of you might also be swaying more towards that way because a lot of things you'll hear us discuss are things that are more ethereal, um, things that might not necessarily agree with certain people's spiritualities, um, but there is a sense of uh, spirituality that comes along with all this energy work, but at the same time, um, it's more about being self-aware and, and it could be something as simple as breathing and meditating, but there are some more deeper, uh, deeper avenues that you can go down with Sierra and, and have her kind of help you guide your way into being more balanced and more at peace with yourself and, and maybe shine some light on some darkness that's in your life. So a lot of you've been asking about what's this Reiki thing, or as Rob calls it, Reiki Lake um, it's, 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 it's very fascinating and it's done some wonders for me. Um, and I feel like it could be very beneficial to those that have or at least open-minded enough to it. Um, and it might show you that there are, there's, uh, there's a lot more out there to discover not only about yourself, but about the idea that we're all connected in some way, energetically, spiritually, um, and that there are many reasons, things that happen for a reason. In our lives, and I was absolutely drawn to Sierra uh, through a family member, and I haven't gone back. I honestly, I value 
our sessions as much as I do any type of therapy. Sierra would be quick to say that she's not, she's not a healer. She's not going to heal you of any ailment, but she will help guide you and support you in your journey um, into, into becoming more awake and more spiritually open and more energetically open to the possibilities around you and everything that uh, the light of life has to offer. And it all is in the vein of love and light and happiness and and just being a healthier person inside and out. So without further ado, here is the interview with Sierra of Intuitive Integration. She can be found at sierrapodva.com. That's Sierra, S-I-E-R-R-A, Podva, P-O-D-V-A, dot com. And enjoy the interview. I did come prepared with some questions. That's great, because otherwise I'll just start talking and you'll have to rein me in. But that's perfect, because I just don't know where to start. Um, so maybe you can start by just telling me about yourself. And sure. What, where, how you came to be where you are today. And, that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Sierra, and I am a Reiki master teacher, an intuitive. I have trainings in Kundalini Yoga. Um, currently hypnotherapy training, you know, levels one and two. And um, I spent years as a Montessori teacher and a, like a public school teacher. And what got me into all of this intuitive work was I remember being a really little kid, you know, probably like three or four. And when people would talk, their words would have colors. And um, wow. I didn't know that was unusual. You know, when you're young, you, yeah. your experience is... Everything's magical when you're young. Not only that, but you don't know that other people aren't experiencing it. Right. You know, you think everybody must see the world the same way you do. So it took me years to realize that not everybody um, felt or saw things the way that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just became really interested. I mean, probably like a fairly young age, like tarot, astrology. I was probably 12 the first time I, you know got my first astrology book and was just trying to figure out what makes us tick and all the different ways I could get information. Um, personality tests, Myers-Briggs, just all of that was mm-hmm. interesting. Super interesting at a very young age. Yeah, I was yeah. just sort of really curious about it. Um, and then what happened is I graduated from high school when I was 16 because I couldn't be there anymore. Um, we got a letter that said, your daughter's either going to fail or you can... Like, you can have her take the proficiency test and get out. It's like, oh, I'll get out. I yeah. can't take another two years of this. Um, <laughs> and then my mom made me promise that I would either like work full time. I was working at McDonald's, so that wasn't appealing. Or I could take like a vocational training and go to community college. So I got into massage therapy at 16. And that is like a very long-winded way yeah. of telling you where this all started. Because when I would work on people like massaging them, I get pictures, images, feelings, and it was really uh, scary, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be massaging someone, and suddenly there would be like a name and a feeling, you know, like Tom, and I'm really angry all of a sudden. Um, so it took me a couple of years to even begin to talk about that. I, I kind of just thought I was nuts. So, where did you go from there to harness that and understand it completely? Obviously, you had books when you were a kid, but. There were books. I never really believed the books, though. So I. I have a real issue um, 
with systems <laughs> because I think they're a lovely starting point, but the moment that somebody tells me this is the way to do something, um, there's like a defiance in me that says, no, that's the way you did something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like systems. Um, so I would read a little bit and then I would read until I found something that I didn't like. I'd sort of throw it out. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, got, I got what I came for, right. yeah. Um, it was really, I was doing tarot readings at the same time I was doing massage. And um, I think like a lot of people who are really sensitive or intuitive, I was also drinking a lot and I was smoking a lot of weed. Mm. I mean, I was 19, so I don't know if I would have been doing that anyways, but something about like pushing aside all that restraint, you know, in the mm-hmm. conscious and like in the, in the conscious mind, um, helped me get more open and also made me feel less uptight about sharing what I saw. So I honestly, I had to do most of these readings probably for like a year and a half, in a little bit of a drugged or altered state. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember as soon as I turned 21, I stopped drinking because it's not logical. I'm like, well, now that I have permission, yeah. I'm over this. <laughs> um, and was really a little bit apprehensive about whether or not it would stay with me. Mm. You know, I kind of thought maybe this was only magical, you know, what what could only occur if I was... Messed up? Yeah, like a little altered, like had my my inhibitions removed a little bit. Um, A lot of people think that like taking LSD and shrooms will get you to that point, mm -hmm. but you can't, just like with drinking or smoking, you can't do it to excess and expect the same results. Well, what I realized is that all that that was doing was helping to scoot, kind of like scoot that door. Yeah. You know, it was opening a little bit, but it wasn't actually giving me any uh, ability to be grounded in those experiences or to really trust them because I wasn't right. trusting they were coming from me. I thought they were coming from the substance, whatever I was using. Yeah. Uh, and so, like I said, I turned 21, I stopped drinking, I stopped smoking, I was in college, and I was some very environmentally friendly, outdoorsy college, so I kind of grabbed that persona for a while. Um, <laughs> but it was while I was at school, I was also working as a massage therapist, um, and I just started to trust what was coming through more, and I probably had three or four regular clients where, you know, it was like, deep breath, I'm just gonna tell them what I see, and hope they don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> don't um, <laughs> and every time there would be a, a a real resonance with them. Whoa, how did you know that? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? And I'm, well, I don't know. <laughs> that was really my stock answer for a long time. I was like, I have no idea. But if it's true, we're going to roll with it. You know, I can't keep questioning this. Um, and you didn't run to a psychiatrist at all? Like, did you ever think, oh, well, am I just crazy? Or I absolutely thought I was crazy because... I mean, just to air everything, like we have bipolar, schizophrenia in our family, and there was certainly a thought for a while of, this is just my mind shorting out. You know, what if I'm making up all of this? What if this is, and now that I'm a little bit older, I'm not gonna add like wiser, I just have more experience. (laughs) Um, And the studies on the brain are more complete. I honestly look at people who have a lot of mental illnesses not saying they're not real, but they are also potentially people who are getting too much information. Mm. You know, like don't have a way to to be organized no, in that. No filter, right? Yeah, or or to be like, okay, so it's fine that that comes through, but I still have to do the dishes and do the laundry and get my kids to school. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's almost like it just blows the circuitry. Whereas I feel like for whatever reason, I get to have that information come in and I still have enough responsibility that I'm like, 
pay the bills, put gas in the car. You know, I can't go entirely into that world of (laughs) just ungrounded information coming through all the time. Um, And I feel really lucky that it's never made me paranoid or scared. Like, I don't get afraid of the information that comes. I think it takes a strong-willed type of person, too, maybe, right? Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe strong-willed is too um, exclusive of a type, but... I think what really did it for me was like we had quite a bit of trauma in our childhood when we were growing up Mm. and what happened for me was like I'm not gonna see anything worse than what I've seen you know so since I already have good boundaries if something's coming up it's just gonna want attention it's not here to hurt me or threaten me it's here because it has some sort of a service or a message to present Mm -hmm. so if I can be calm you know then most likely I can deal with it and move on Whereas if I freak out, we're just going to, you know, that's the word I'm looking for. It's just going to explode the whole situation. Yeah. Um, so I look at that. It's like, oh, that's kind of a, a nice way to be able to engage with what can feel like overwhelming mm-hmm. information. Is it's not going to come unless you have some place to put it, you know, some understanding. Right. Well, now I I'm, I'm, would have to say that I'm a believer because I came to you, I think, what, three or four years ago? It's like ago? four years ago now, yeah. And it was out of recommendation of uh, my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. who at the time was just my girlfriend's sister. Yeah. Um, and I don't know exactly what drew me to you. Obviously, it was my recommendation, but mm-hmm. I think I was just searching for an answer, maybe help, levity. Yeah, like I'll and try I, anything. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I was just kind of in a darker spot in life, and I know that I don't know if it was our first visit when it was right after my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. That was the first visit. Mm -hmm. I've talked about that a little bit and how that experience alone made me a believer right away because there were some things that I never told you, never met you prior to Mm -hmm. that you told me about the, the, during the uh, past, not the past life, but the uh, communication with my mom. Oh yeah. Um, there was music playing, mm-hmm. and it was. Do you remember what it was? It was. It was Patsy. Patsy Klein. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it was Patsy Klein. Yeah, and that right there blew me away and and floored me because I never told you about that, and I knew that was such a prominent thing mm-hmm. about her that it just was a clear sign that that was truly happening in the moment. And I never was a believer before that. When people who are on the other side want to communicate, they will pick a really defining characteristic for that reason exactly it would be so easy for me to be like there's a woman who's somewhere between you know 17 and 77 I mean you know yeah, they, the really, yeah. <laughs> they really come with something um, it almost can feel like getting sucker punched the way that they're like this is a detail that I know they're gonna relate to yeah and what's funny about it is I mean this was a while ago so I might be incorrect I think I got the name wrong of the singer several times and just had to finally end up humming it for you. Like, I don't know. That's not music I'm really super familiar with. Oh. So it's like, there's this song and there's a Patty, Patty That's Smith, right. I do Patty Griffin. Like, I'm thinking of all the Patties <laughs> and Patsies I can go through because it's not something where I'm like, this is my conscious mind. How can I get this guy to believe me? Right. It's this won't go out of my head, so I have to say it. And it turned into that Shazam moment where I had to figure out just by the few notes, and it yeah. was like instant. Mom! <laughs> yeah, that was, it's, that's insane, you know? And I, I know that that's not all that you do, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's almost like 
it's related because of all of the type of energy work is, is all kind of inclusive in that. Right? Absolutely, and I would actually say the mediumship portion is like a, a really small part for me. Yeah. I've never asked to speak, with, you know, to speak with people that have passed on. If the person that I'm working with has something unresolved and they need that communication, that's when it'll come. I don't do it because, like, oh wow, look at me, this is amazing, let's call and interrupt them just because we sort of show off you know right, yeah. <laughs> that's like that's a the really, long island mediums all the tv you folks. know if they're doing it to serve a purpose i have no issue if you're doing it to sort of prove that you can do it mm-hmm. that's where a lot of my um i feel like i you know i tend to distance myself a little bit from people um who have a lot of ego in their helping or like their energy work i try really hard not to obviously i'm gonna fail sometimes um well it's also your business yeah you're trying to brand yourself yeah you know so so it's it can be a little confusing sometimes making sure that you're not showing off or also that you're not limiting yourself in order to be um to really not show off you're like oh i could have said that that wasn't about me at all you know just need to empty myself and let you know come through what comes through you had asked to hear a little bit more about what the energy work looks like in general, and mm-hmm. I think people who've never experienced it are expecting me to be, um, and I get it because I have this image in my head that I fight too, like I need to be wearing scarves and hoop earrings and have my tarot cards everywhere and have a very, um, like a woo-woo air. Or um, a gypsy look. Yeah, yeah, I mean honestly when I first did tarot readings, I would promote that a little bit you know I'd show up with some real eyeshadow and like <laughs> come to my table and let me read Look your cards. my magic ball yeah I, mean, I was 18 so yeah. I get like a little pass on that but um really I think most of the time you wouldn't look at me twice if you were in the grocery store there would be no sense of oh this woman does something different or unique it's just uh for me mostly about making sure that I'm very grounded in my energy and when people come in, they're also not sure what to expect. Um, you know, I've had people ask me, because I have a massage table, like, do I have to take my clothes off? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not a massage. There's nothing like, you know, kinky, kinky going to go on. It's mm-hmm. just, it's really just so you can relax. You know, yeah. if you're laying down on the table, you have the opportunity to sort of let go of tension that you're carrying anywhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just come, we talk for a while, address what it is that you think is going to happen. Um, and what's most important to me when people come in is that they know that I'm not working on them. I'm gonna work with them, meaning if they have questions or experiences or if something doesn't feel right, I want them to speak up and be participating with me. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the feeling that I really don't want is like someone's strapped into a five-point harness. Right. And they're on this ride until I tell them it's over. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's scary. You know, I can see where that would be scary. Um, So a lot of what it feels like is just conversation, maybe occasionally some touching, you know, like I'll hold your knee or I'll hold your shoulder um, while we're getting some energy to move. And the first thing that I do is like an energy scan. And I'm still not sure how to describe this for people that are new to it. And you might actually be able to do a better job. I'll help, I'll try. I think it looks really boring from the outside. I think it looks like I close my eyes and do nothing. Well, Um, I think... It's, it, it almost feels like you're a, you, if you visualize an actual scanner, yeah. that you're actually shedding light through 
and creating passages for when the shite, the light can't shine. Yeah. Um, and metaphysically, from head to toe. Yeah. Is kind of how I picture it or would describe it. That is what's happening. Yeah. yeah it's like I just start wherever I'm called to start. It can be the head, the feet, the hips, whatever. And then it is. It's just like sending energy outward and seeing where it gets stuck and seeing where it's really expressive. And it's almost like creating a, a map. Mm -hmm. um, and then with that map, I can begin to describe their experiences and where they're stuck. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times, especially if you're familiar with the chakra system even a little bit, you know, you'll notice that there's these areas in the body and these areas have trends. You know, they're not perfect. You can't be like, fifth chakra is all about spoken word. Right. No, it's fifth chakra is some communication and it's, you know, the bridge between the heart and the head. So what are we looking at? It's like a starting point. Mm -hmm. um, but as I'm doing this scan, if I notice that there's a lot of, uh, for me, it all comes in feelings. Yeah. So, and you can't describe it other than like warmth or tingling or. For me, it's, it's like textures and feelings too. Like sometimes it'll feel really muddy or just viscous, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like corn syrup and, and sluggish. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll get those sensations in the energy. But if you were to ask me how, I wouldn't be able to describe it to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that going to be your new slogan on your website? It's been my slogan in my head for a long time. I don't know what I I'm like doing, it. but you come anyways. I love um, <laughs> it. Yeah, it keeps me coming back for more. You know, honestly, I think what's great about it is that it, um, it lets me be surprised. If I thought I had like a formula or the answer, I would probably miss a lot of information. But when I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to find. I don't know what's going to come up. Mm -hmm. Then that person gets to be brand new. You know, they get to show up in, in their full sort of humanity and history and past and family of origin. Rather than me being like, a, if you've been to a doctor and this diagnosed, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, you have gunk in your lungs. It's a respiratory infection. And you're like, I think it might not be. You're like, I think I'm allergic to something. No, no, no. You know what I mean? Really I'm the over... expert. I know what you mean. Yeah, so I really want to avoid being um, the expert in the sense that it shuts down my own sensitivities. Yeah. Like, oh, I've seen this. I don't need to think about it. Maybe that's what helps you keep your ego out of it because, and also with the beneficial um, experience from both of you working together, the subject on the table and, and you as the energy healer that or worker. Is it yeah. energy healer or worker? We can't say healer. Okay. So energy worker. Energy worker, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that that beneficial working relationship probably helps you keep you grounded because of that experience. I think very much. You know, most of the time I feel like I'm just holding the flashlight and holding space for that person to begin to look into things that maybe seemed overwhelming or frightening before or didn't have names. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that's really interesting to me is people will seem to come in, in waves. Like I don't say I'm only taking this type of client, but I'll, still, I'll see people who are struggling with addiction for four or five months and then, you know, sexual trauma and then finances. And it seems like they come in these, in these waves, mm -hmm. right? So I'm always curious about what's happening uh, kind of globally, uh, energetically, or what's happening internally where I need to learn huh. you know, how to focus on that, what to do about it. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely always a reminder to stay really available mm -hmm. to what's going on with them so I don't miss something. 
Um, so things like mercury retrograde, which gets often mocked on, on our program mm-hmm. um, by, again, our fearless leader who considers all <laughs> this stuff to be mumbo-jumbo. And I'm hoping that this would actually may, maybe sway him to becoming more of a, I don't know, a believer. But do you think like things like mercury retrograde really do affect us as, as a people? Absolutely. And they're so much more subtle than we give it credit for. Um, so you can't just say mercury retrograde, everything's going to be difficult, car accidents, things are going to break down. Yes, those are some trends. If you're a person though who was born in a mercury retrograde, you're actually going to find those retrogrades to be awesome. Right. You're going to get everything done and feel like you've got power charge, right? Like you have superhuman <laughs> just ambition and, and you know, like completion and it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Depending on kind of where you are in your own evolution, the retrograde will treat you differently. If you approach it with an openness, like, okay, so things are going to come up that I need to resolve, it's not as overwhelming or scary. If you're trying to just move through life like you always do, and these things keep happening to you, mm-hmm. you know, like then you're going to be angry and resistant and, and curious, or you're just going to write them off and be like, this is a bunch of baloney, it's, um, what are you talking about? I'm not more irritable than usual, this is just, you know, this is just <laughs> yeah. life happening. Um, so it's, it's also a willingness to participate, which is um, like truthfully how all of energy work works. Yeah. Some people love working with skeptics. I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't dislike it, but it, I think it's that ego thing too. Like I don't need to prove to you that what I do works. Yeah. Um, but if you come with even a little crack of willingness, amazing things will happen. Um, but if you come determined that you're right, and that's the safest place for you to stay, then I'm not here to threaten your safety about how the world works. Yeah, you don't want to penetrate their shell. Like you're welcome to stay closed until something convinces you otherwise. If I'm that thing, then that's great. And if I'm not, then a whole lot of love. (laughs) Something else will happen in your life. Oh, skeptics hate that answer too. They do. They want me to be invested in proving them wrong or else I'm not really confident. You know, like that's sort of the feedback that I get sometimes. And I just don't engage. Like, yeah. it makes me laugh a little bit. It's like, well, then I wonder why I have people coming. Yeah. <laughs> they're here and they're feeling amazing. So I feel really good about the work that I'm able to do. Um, and the things that are able to come through are pretty astonishing. I mean, like you were saying, you know, your mom and Patsy Klein. Mm-hmm. Things like that happen on a regular basis. Not to the point where they're boring, but to the point where I just trust that it's real yeah and it's gonna happen as long as I'm willing for it to happen yeah well um, I do have some questions yeah um, but first I wanted to know um, you have a family right I do we don't have to disclose all their names and ages and all, all that right. stuff but um, I am curious how does your family um, feel about you and the work that you do and do they ever feel like do you ever do they ever feel like they take advantage of of your gifts no they're actually less interested they're like oh my god there's mom um (laughs) so i have a husband and three teenagers at home and my daughter is the one who is most likely to laugh at it she's like my friends are tell me that no wonder i'm so strange because of the work that you do i'm like of course you say that you're a 14 year old (laughs) um and then my boys are just sort of i would say like almost indifferent like they just know i go to work you know that's they're they're, it's just your job. Yeah, they've heard yeah. stories and they're not... Uh, they're not impressed? Like one way or the other. I'm like, oh, yeah. how was work today? It's good? Yeah. All right. 
See, I think if I were one of them, I, I would not be playing games, but I'd always be wanting to know, oh, what, mom, what are you thinking? What am I thinking? You know? No interest. How, so how involved, how in depth do you go in, into the intuition part? Like when, when somebody, a subject is laying on the table, mm -hmm. or, um, do you actually get in their head? Do you actually know what they're thinking? Or is that more like psychic word? That's more like psychic word, and I consider that to be really rude. Okay. Um, I can if it's necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone is so trapped in their mental energy that they're like spinning, they can't get out. Um, one of the things that really interrupts them is if you get in there with them and, and kind of, hey, yeah. like you Start don't need talking. to be having that thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, mostly what happens though is that I help people get into what's known as like the healing state. So either through Reiki or some hypnotherapy or just breath work where they're feeling really relaxed and present. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happens for me is that I don't pick so much on like on specific thoughts, but like thought patterns and beliefs. So when I'm sitting across from someone, they're calm and relaxed enough to show me what their status quo, mm. you know, is. It's like, oh, he issues with worthiness. It comes from your family of origin. I can see here that your father was either in the military or very militant. Because all of these things have a different, it, to me it's almost like listening to music where once you are attuned to it, every single one of those has a different resonance. Mm. You know, there can be fathers that are strict but not militant and they're in the same family but they have a distinct, ding, <laughs> like a distinct resonance to it. So once you've worked with it often enough, you just begin to develop a sensitivity to it. So that's what I'm hearing, that's what I'm seeing, okay, okay. And it just gets finer and fine, you know, more refined. Sure. Um, and so the first bit is really quite honestly about establishing their, like I said, like their baseline, their status quo, and helping them recognize some of that. Like, oh, well, I realized that my father is strict, but I didn't realize that that made me shut down emotionally in these ways. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that I have that realization, do I want to move that? How do I want to move that? And that's why I always say I work with people. It's like I just bring up the information and then ask them, <laughs> would you like to get rid of this? Would you like to move this? <laughs> you know, what do you want to do with it? It's not my job to decide what to do with it all the time, mm -hmm. but to bring it to their attention and have them decide. Mm. You're like the administrator of the energy. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Maybe that's my new business card too. <laughs> administrator of energy, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna actually I'm gonna kind of jump around um, I'm not trying to be rude I'm not texting people or checking my emails I have a lot of these questions that I've uh, posted from our uh, podcast perfect Facebook group yeah a lot of people that are fans of you including my wife so she has some hi your wife <laughs> Sierra's waving um, <laughs> let's see oh here's a good one can you put into words what you feel the meaning of life is yeah, uh, I honestly think the meaning of life is to figure out how well and deeply we're willing to love and be loved. That's pretty good. Like that's 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 a good answer. Yeah, I get behind that. <laughs> um, is it difficult to live a human existence with all the knowledge you have about all of existence, or is it easier? It's really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, I think because the more I live with this the more I realize that everything's a choice, mm -hmm. including my attitude, my thoughts, my behavior. So I'm just playing. 
<laughs> like, this is just a playground. It's fantastic. Are there any secrets? Like, there's this um, thing going around on the YouTube sphere um, of all these people who, who say that they're sensitive and that they are intuitive. Um, not saying they're all wacko, mm -hmm. but I do follow them because I like, it's an interest to me, but yeah. a lot of them are, are trending on the subject of what the quote unquote event. Oh. Are you familiar with this? I don't follow okay. any of this, but if the event is something like an ascension or, yes. you know, we used to call it the rapture, <laughs> like back yeah. in the religious sense, quite honestly, um, no, I don't buy into any of it, mostly because um, at every point in human history, there has been an event that we're supposed to live either in fear of or in expectation. Like we can't wait for this anticipation. That's the right. word. Something amazing is going to happen. Yeah. And um, my response to that is something amazing is happening all the time. <laughs> like every day that you wake up, Yeah. that's the event. Yeah. You can't put your thumb on a specific thing, right? It's always moving around. Yeah. And if we do anyways, I guess this is where like the no fear part comes in. Like we're all recycled already. You know, none of us are fresh, new material. We've all been something else, just physically, like our molecules. We're not factory direct. Mm -hmm. um, so if something does happen, we just get recycled into something else. Like it's... So do you, you believe in reincarnation and... I believe in reincarnation in that sense that like there's only so much matter in the universe. So we all have to play different roles. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in reincarnation necessarily like our souls zip up a new like a new human suit right and walk around in this complete just a new new body new physical setting um it's still more like you know your soul has knowledge your soul has understanding um but it's sharing that understanding with whatever physical being you're a part of uh one of the reasons i love being alive right now is the amount of information that's available so we're learning about not just cellular memory but ancestral memory and um, the memory of particles. You know how like, they're talking about how water responds to language? There's a whole study on water, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think it was the same scientist, but um, kind of closely related in the field was like, well, if water is sensitive and has memory, then what about other types of matter? Everything. Everything has a resonance. Everything has a history. So whatever we're made of, you know, just physically, has its own memory, has its own experience. And then we bring our soul into that and do our best if we're willing to be um, present to kind of elevate and clear it, you know, like heal the parts that we can, mm -hmm. um, let it go at the end of our lives, whenever that is, with as much clarity and love as possible, and then on to the next experience. Um, that's how I feel about reincarnation. So it's almost like we are always a, a speck of light. Like yeah, a piece of a star. Yeah, and that piece just kind of gets transferred along, and the and as long as you can keep getting it brighter and brighter, you're doing your soul good. Yeah, and honestly, some of the work I've done with people, they'll collapse into a microcosm where you can honestly see that their human body is the same thing as a cell would be in our body. You know, so their human body is to the larger purpose what a single cell would be in our body. Mm -hmm. And we've gone to the macro level where they are the universe 
for all of these other particles. That just gave me a rush because it, it, it flashed me back to one of the sessions we had when I was, I was in such a deep state that I was literally floating almost above the surface of the sun. Mm -hmm. Like I can look to my left and my right and I could just see nothing but bright star and then black behind me. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most weightless, like fulfilling, but weightlessness, weightlessness yeah. experiences that I've ever had in my life. It was amazing. Well, it's funny because like you'll have an experience like that and then you come back and you're like, I'm not sure how this translates to every day. But what it does is like it shifts you on a molecular level somehow to where behaviors or beliefs that you had before just don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And you might have to go through a process of shedding those, but it's like it's deeply embedded in you. I am not small. You know, I'm not meant for this small or confining life. Mm-hmm. And then your behaviors, your experiences begin to, to change around that. It's almost like just a, just a different perspective has been presented. Yeah. And you absolutely have the choice whether or not you want to pursue it. You know, some people see something like that and right back down the rabbit hole. You know, ha! Ah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a lie. Yeah. Um, but what I've noticed too is people keep getting shown that until uh, until the fear releases. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's still here. Come back. Feel this expansiveness again. You know, feel that you are actually connected. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fascinating. It is. To me. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people from that have listened to the podcast before. Um, have actually reached out to you. Yes, um, that's been I'm, really fun. I'm so excited to hear that because mm-hmm. you know I'm not just talking out loud. People are actually <laughs> hearing it and going and experiencing it for themselves. And uh, a, a girl named Deja, uh-huh. a woman named Deja. Do you remember? I Deja? Do, absolutely. She says, "Yay! I love Sierra. I went to her because of you, and it was amazing. And I'm so excited to see her again. Thank you for all you do. You truly are helping people. Looking forward to another awesome podcast. Oh, that was kind of a humble brag for me. Sorry. That was a good one, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and other people like Jasmine are asking how to find you now because before you were at a different location, and now you're at a, a different location. I am. Yeah. I'm at the Wellness Center in Oak Park. If you go to my website, it remains the best way to get in touch. And that what's the website? Is www.sierrapodva. Dot com. P-O-D-V-A. P-O-D-V-A. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I'll be sure to tag that when I post this so that's that insane. people can find you. It's a good idea because people misspell my last name all the time. Yeah. Which is challenging. It's easy though. Once you get it, Padva. Right? It's easy. <laughs> um, Chris is uh, somebody who lives in Modesto and he'd love to experience something like Reiki or energy work. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we, f- he says, how do we find an actually qualified person to do energy work? So, I'm going to get the acronym wrong. International IARP. IARP, International Association of Reiki Practitioners. Okay. Um, go online with them, and they will find practitioners by like zip code, city. Um, the other thing to know is that Reiki can ex- be experienced over distance. So, if you find a practitioner that you like, and they live in France, you know, <laughs> The energy is still the same. You don't need to be in person to receive it. You um, could do it over Skype, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have clients right now, like in Australia and Europe, and we do FaceTime or Skype or sometimes just phone calls. Oh, that's cool. I didn't and know that. Yeah, so the distance, yeah. Um, energy work is just as effective. They report feeling the same physical sensations that people on the table do. 
So See, do you do you sit there and, and put your hands out like you're like you're imitating the experience or No, I usually just sit sit very still with my eyes closed. Okay. And everything is done um, I'm very visual. Okay. So everything is done visually and it's the same thing where I'll sort of do a scan and notice and then just ask that energy to pour in and begin to move what it needs to. And if they're on um, screen, you know, if they're on FaceTime, uh, FaceTime or Skype, you can honestly see their body responding to it. You know, sort of like when you've been on the table in person, you'll sometimes, uh, there's like a, yeah, there's like a twitch or a shiver almost, or, yeah. or you'll feel like a tingling in your feet or your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be watching them and they'll do the same thing along with like the big deep breathing. You know, when you take that deep breath and, and let it out, there's like, like oh, something moved. So they're getting a very similar experience. That must feel kind of powerful, but also just surreal at the same time to be able to have that type of... I I know we're all connected on the same network Mm -hmm. in some way, but to have that distance between you and and have that ability must uh, must feel kind of... It's fun. Fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's really fun. And just for anybody that's a skeptic, I think this is like the most important thing that I can possibly say is I am probably my own biggest skeptic every time I'm asked to do something new um, I get kind of cold and I'm like I have no idea if this is gonna work but like you know it was supposed to like guide said it was supposed to I'm being led here so I have to throw myself into that experience and see what happens so the first time I did distance work I was just hoping the whole time (laughs) please don't be a fraud please don't be a fraud And they got up and they reported these wonderful, you know, sort of realizations and the physical sensations. And I thought, oh my God, yeah, it's working. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and so I, I had that same um, kind of sense of skepticism or apprehension kind of on a regular basis that, um, whew, this is not a given. You know, I don't go into this like, oh, I'm so good at this, I can do this in my sleep. Every single time I do something new or, or anytime there's a new client, you know, it's in my best interest to remain a little bit, um, not scared, you know, but like, a, yeah. un- uncertain, I guess. I know? think, I think uh, we function better on that type of, not fear, but just kind of on the edge of, am I, is this right? Mm-hmm. Should I be doing this type of? Yeah. And it's know. definitely pushed me into new, you know, new, uh, kind of forms of energy work. Mm-hmm. trying things with people that I wasn't sure you know like there's some sound therapy or animal communication I'm like oh god do I do that now <laughs> that <laughs> yes I do <laughs> right <laughs> right on um, so that's this is actually a good segue into this next question from uh, Jasmine she says how much personal healing do you have to perform on yourself can you do it or do you have someone else do it uh, I can imagine that with all the energy work you do every week can become draining at times how do you reset yourself that is a great question um for a while i think i had like a little bit of an accidental uh, maybe like a savior complex mm-hmm. and thought it was all about other people like savior martyr i'm not sure what the right word would be but like yeah. oh no this is all for other people um, and probably two years into doing this i was about ready to quit because i was so tired um and that's when i realized oh no i have to make self-care you know it's got to be 100% mandatory so I go to um, an energy practitioner she and I trade at least once a month if not more Um, 
I've gotten better at like simple self-care too. Like I go to bed on time, which as an adult was a real challenge. It is. <laughs> I go to bed on time. I make sure that I get like massages or some form of just physical body work, like acupuncture or massage something on a regular basis too. Um, by that, I mean like every month or two, I just go get it like a tune-up. Mm -hmm. um, and then the biggest thing is having a little ritual about making sure that I leave whatever I'm doing like at work, you know, and what that looks like for me is just saying when I get to work that only energy that's for the highest healing and greatest good can occur. And when I leave, I say the same thing. Like I'm only going to bring energy home that serves me. Um, and as simple as that sounds, it makes a huge difference. I bet. Yeah. So just putting the intention out there that, that really helps, right? It really, it it's really It's not like does. a magic spell. No, it's just honestly saying like when I'm done with this day, I'm done with these people. Um, and then it's it's easier for me because if something won't leave me alone, I know it's fairly serious. Mm. You know, like if I'm thinking about a person for a couple of days, even after having done that, it's like, oh, I need to reach out to them. This is a big deal. Are you good? You're yeah. Doing, you're doing oh, I'm amazing great. so far. This, you were saying that I was going to have to reel you in, and no, this is exactly, <laughs> this is perfect. Um I've got a question here from Julia. She says, since this is a judgment-free zone, I have a question that may be received as mumbo-jumbo. What happens during a Reiki session? Oh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip that question, but what happens during a past life regression session? Oh, okay. Um, I've been interesting to try them out because I'm curious to what life I may be on and about my past lives. And I also believe in energy healing, but or energy work. Mm -hmm. I, have to, I have to start correcting people on that. It, you know why it's such a technicality but it is one we have to be careful with just yeah. because formalities because mm -hmm. you don't want to be I don't you don't got to put your hands on people and cure them of whatever ailment nope. or illness they have yeah um, Julie also says that she's nervous because I've always been extra sensitive to the paranormal and can sometimes feel presences and energies I fear that one of these sessions may open up the line and invite an unwanted presence mm -hmm. uh, thank you in advance I love that question, especially about the unwanted presence. Um, I'm going to address the past life real quickly because I feel like that's a little bit more um, streamlined. You can go and receive hypnotherapy specifically for past life regression. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be doing level two, so I'm not totally sure how to do that for hypnotherapy yet. I know it exists and I know it's really powerful because I've heard other people who've been trained in it talk about it. It sounds amazing. From a purely like energy work standpoint, um, what happens for me for past lives is that they don't come through like clear, clear, clear like episodes in a TV show. What happens is there will be behaviors or beliefs that clearly are old and don't serve you. So if you're a person that can't figure out why in relationships you're always sacrificing too much um, and it doesn't make sense based on how you were raised. You know, it's like, I don't know why I do this. I, I've been to therapy, I don't understand it. It's like, cause it's not, this isn't the origin. You know, this lifetime is not the origin of that. You came in a little preloaded with that baggage. So when I do past life work, I tend to follow the behavior or the belief that the person wants to get rid of, as opposed to going into like, you were a monk in 1745. You know, no, it's, it's you have this life of servitude, where do you want to be between servitude and service? Let's address that. Hmm. Um, 
And people really often, when they're in that healing state, you know, we've talked about that a little bit, when you're like just deeply relaxed and you feel really receptive and pretty open, they'll give you the best information. So as I'm talking, like this is a past lives, how many lives ago, you know, how long ago do you think it was, how many lives, they'll give you the immediate response. And I don't have to check in to know whether or not it's correct. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just is true. There's a sense of truth about it. Because mm-hmm. if they don't know, they'll say that. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know what this is. Okay, you know, let's keep looking. Um, and it's like I was saying before, working with people, not on. You know, they have more wisdom about their soul's experience or their energetic experience than I do. They just might not know which, uh, like, which questions to ask. Sure. Um, and so with, before we get to the paranormal part, yeah. um, with the past life regressions, though, how... Um, it's funny you brought up the monk from the 1700s because that's the one thing I remember from one of our past sessions mm-hmm. um, the most. Um, is how how is how is that difference? How is that different from being reincarnated and like having multiple lives as a human? Or or do you when you do a past life regression are you able to see me as like a dandelion at one point? Oh yeah. Or a cat. Yes. And okay, so it's not necessarily human by human stories. It's yeah. Whatever form you may have taken. Yes, and I I do animal communication sometimes, and it, a lot of times people want that at the end of life for their animals. Like mm-hmm. they want to make sure there's nothing. No unfinished business. And that they can't be more comfortable if there's anything that they want or need. And a lot of times those animals will tell me what they're going to come back as. Mm. You know, like, oh, I'm done with a horse. I'm going to be a bird. Great, buddy. Like, (laughs) more power to you, you know. Or I've graduated from dog. I want to be a human this time. I'm like, really? (laughs) 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 So they have, like, a really different conscious awareness of it, too, where even if it might not seem like... The intelligence is, you know, in the same place as humans. I think they're equally, if not more intelligent, you know, like vastly other ways, right? Mm-hmm. That maybe we're not aware of. Um, and humans have had all of those too. It's just for the most part, we tend to be, um, I'd say, like the species that isolates or um, disconnects the most. You know, like, we think we're independent, we think we're alone, we think we're moving through this world as just a single entity. We're, <laughs> occasionally, we're the king and queen of the world. Yeah, yeah, and like occasionally bumping into other entities, not that we're all really deeply connected. So you're more aware of whatever experiences you've had. Um, that's why all this meditation, you know, ego eradication, yoga, that's why all of this exists, is to try to bring us back into that place of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you're there, it's much easier to be like, oh, I've been all of these things. You know, I've been water, I've been a cloud, I've been a weed. You know, <laughs> we're not all like Cleopatra. Right. Um, and that's really why some of that past life stuff drives me crazy too, mm-hmm. is if you ever like go to a psychic fair or, you know, like kind of like that sort of vendory feeling, and they tell me about my past lives. It's always something really interesting or dramatic you know it's not like yeah you lived a long normal healthy life and no one really knew you except your family your neighbors and that was enough like (laughs) it's not interesting and you died peacefully when you were supposed to no it's like oh there are drownings you were king arthur and you slayed dragons yes right and and it's like yeah that can be true some of the time but that's certainly not right every experience so it doesn't it doesn't open up the floodgates to any bad spirits or paranormal entities or no and i think she was really asking about what happens when you're a sensitive being Mm. um 
and I work with a lot of people who are empaths or sensitive and are just kind of barely aware of it or a little bit afraid of it, uh, especially if they haven't been supported. You know, if they've been mocked for being overly sensitive or if they were, you know, like afraid of the dark and nighttime and were sort of told to tough it out, you know, like, come on, this is ridiculous. Um, they don't have any tools for dealing with those feelings because, you know, there are, there are a lot of really sensitive, it's normal to be an empathic human. You know, we're supposed to communicate with our energy, not just our mouths. Um, so when we don't recognize that and respect it, it can be really hard for people that are empathic or sensitive because um, they're hearing and reading everything and then they're supposed to only respond to direct communication. So you can be having like the worst day and you can be furiously angry and they can feel that and they say, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. And they're like, oh. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> you're not, and now I'm stuck in a corner because I can't, I'm either arguing with you or I'm accepting something that's not true. Mm. Um, and where that goes in terms of like a like paranormal or, or dark spaces and spirits, um, I think this probably comes from teaching preschool and kindergarten for a long time. Um, I've learned that there's really nothing that's dark or evil. There are toddlers having temper tantrums mm -hmm. and sometimes they're really big you know like they're really big toddlers it would be terrifying if you weren't prepared but all that energy is is trying to get our attention so if we look at it and we're like really sure that we're grounded and that we're in our integrity but if you look at something that appears to be terrifying you look and you say hey what do you need you know why are you here right now most of the time it'll sort of melt and try to get your attention you know like i'm here because I, you know i just want to be loved Right, okay, so if you're familiar with like union uh, psychiatry, it's working with all those archetypes, working with the shadow side, and as long as you're not afraid, everything is just information. Hmm. That's all, it's not its own separate evil, it's just there to show you an aspect of yourself or of the world. So for people like Julia, there's really nothing to be afraid of, it's just a matter of learning the tools to communicate. Yeah, people are afraid of it, when they're not sure that they can stay grounded enough to like ask those questions or be with something that is scary. Mm. If they think that they're gonna get scared at the same time, then that fear and your fear, you know, you, you, you can kind of go down a rabbit hole together. Mm. Um, but if you trust that you're not gonna be afraid and that you're not gonna get into some kind of like conflict, because there's no, there's no reason to try to overpower that energy either. You know, like to get into a power struggle with it, like you're not trying to dominate it or, or, or extinguish it it's to just really be present with it like so <laughs> you look really angry <laughs> and quite frankly you're a little intimidating what is it that you want mm -hmm. and kind of as soon as you ask energy that question it's like oh, somebody sees me I can relax all that um, mm. like you know that intimidating yeah. um, because when I've worked with people I've seen all kinds of different things come through you know things that could feel really dark and Oftentimes, it's just because they've been trying so hard to not address it or acknowledge it. That's so fascinates me. <laughs> <laughs> we can go on. I know we could. <laughs> um, so, angel numbers. Uh, where do you where do you fall with these? Because I I personally have been experiencing this phenomenon, but I think it's also a lot of it has to do with coincidence, just in the way that I kind of live my life and look at time. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm looking at the clock, I'll see 11, 11, mm -hmm. 4, 44, and 
12 12 consistently and it's like I don't do it I, like this morning I woke up at 1.11 a.m. and looked over at both of my clocks blinking 1.11 and mm-hmm. I don't know how true it is you know you can google it and you can say you can see like what the definitions are but how is there any truth behind this stuff or is this like parlor trick I don't I think it's all sort of somewhere in between um, because I've gone through periods also where I'll see the same numbers for weeks or months and then nothing for years yeah um I have to admit, though, with cell phones, it's a lot easier to see the same numbers. Yeah. Than writing, because yeah. like, I'm always... Constantly looking. <laughs> like, yeah. checking for appointments or whatever. Yeah. Um, what I can tell you is that it's not even necessarily... I mean, yes, the numbers themselves, but it's sort of... Uh, to me, it happens when you become to be more aware of your vibration, your frequency. And I'm not always even comfortable using those words, because they sound a little... You know, a little woo-woo to me, but... Um, when you're changing like your frequency when you're changing your thought patterns your awareness changes and you'll you'll just focus on different things you'll see them more often and sometimes i think that those angel numbers are not so much about what you would look up online like you know whatever the meaning says mm-hmm. but this awareness of like you know what i'm present in my life more than i was before i'm paying attention more than i was before and it's sort of this encouragement and this um validation to stay present and keep paying attention. That, that makes more sense because when you do look up on the, the, the definitions of each angel number combination, mm-hmm. it's always a generality as to you're in the right place, the Holy Spirit is shining well, like, down upon yeah, you. Yeah, tall, saying, dark, and handsome, or between yeah. the ages of 30 to 60. Right. <laughs> like it's really broad. Right. Um, whereas I feel pretty strongly that that's what it is. It's like this, when you are being more present in your life, you start to notice patterns, synchronicities. Um, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. And they're fun to look up. Don't get me wrong. I'll look them up and sort of enjoy it, but I don't... Um, I don't let it direct my decisions. Right. <laughs> I'm now synchronous with God. <laughs> <laughs> so can anybody do this? Because I went through uh, the Reiki training late last year, mm-hmm. and I kind of went, I feel like I, with that process, I've kind of gone through some sort of awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would call it a kundalini awakening but is it something along those lines and can anybody achieve that absolutely i really firmly believe that like believe that we're all energetic beings um and that what i do is not abnormal or like an outlier it's more that i'm just willing to be out of the intuitive closet about it Mm. um (laughs) Yeah, girl. Right? <laughs> Coming out on podcast. Um, and I think that the hardest thing is knowing, because not everybody's sensitivities are going to look exactly the same. Um, some people express absolute energetic understanding through music um, and through like the complex, you know, like whatever melodies they're able to hear. They're weaving energy together at the same time. And you're like, yes, that's how you understand systems and balance and rhythms that happen in the universe, right? It's, it's right there. Some people understand this through color. Like I was saying, I saw people, like people speak color. And when people come in, they bring a color that has a feeling with them. Or an aura. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and so that's one of mine. It's just like I'm very emotionally based. So it's people's feelings that I, 
understand and and like sort of read. Oh, man, um, what a burden. <laughs> it's kind of great though. Yeah. It's, I mean, it really is because if you can not take ownership for it, yeah, you can sort of true. show them what they're feeling and they're like, ooh, do I want to keep doing that? I don't know, do you? <laughs> you have a choice. That's really what it's about. You Red know, pill or blue pill. Right? Yeah. Presenting choices. So yeah. I think that everybody has some really spectacular abilities and way too often um, they're just not encouraged or even talked about enough. Um, I worked with a woman once who was a really powerful intuitive, but she was a clairaudient, so she heard information, but she heard it in her own voice. So she disregarded it for years because she was kind of expecting there to be like, <laughs> and now the walls show you. Know, like, she was expecting that she was going to be getting information from a higher source or from a deeper knowing that there would be like an obvious switching of the channel. Right. She's like, oh, it just comes in my voice in my head. I, I didn't know that that's what I was listening for all these years. Um, and how much better is your life now that you're paying attention to it? She's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference. Um, so everybody has some ability, and I think it's really important to not uh, compare or contrast because I am much stronger in some things than other people and like not nearly as skillful or sensitive. Um, you know, like I was saying about the mediumship, if people come through because they have something that will help the person who's here now, that's the only time I really talk to them. I have friends who can... I mean, they're seeing people all the time and communicating with people who've passed on all the time and you can sit down and say a name and they're like, in line, come through, you know, it's, it's amazing. Wow. I don't do that and I don't work on doing that. It just doesn't hold a lot of, um, like it doesn't interest me that much. Mm -hmm. I really like being able to, to do the emotional, um, the emotional spiritual work. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I were to be like the only way that I could, <laughs> You know, be a respectable intuitive is a thing. You know what I mean? If I got stuck in that comparison. So yeah. I think for a lot of people who are sensitive, who are, who are curious, they sort of dismiss their, their gifts or their um, sensitivities. And it's just a matter of focusing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm still having a hard time with the focusing part because with, with any practice, it takes uh, uh, discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, we only, we being my wife and I, we will only practice on each other um, because first I don't want to, I don't necessarily want the responsibility for strangers, mm -hmm. you know, and I, cause I feel like I, I can barely keep a hold of myself and I'm still yeah. working on that part, you know, I feel like kind of like that baby right? taking his first step, <laughs> still wobbling around. Um, but it's still, it's such a powerful experience that I do want to share it with everybody and I, you know, I just hope that people seek people like you Sierra out and experience it for themselves. It's really fun. Well, and then when you do your Reiki level two, whenever that happens to be, Soon, I hope. feel another um, expansion. Yeah. It'll kind of help you make sense of all these experiences that you're having right now. Level up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Honestly. I, it's, it is astounding. I was kind of, my journey led me to the, the Reiki training mm -hmm. when, uh, I was halfway through my journey, my year-long sobriety uh, journey. I keep using the word journey. I should right. really pick a different word. <laughs> um, and so it was, it was kind of a necessary move, in my opinion, to just become more in tune with myself. And it wasn't, 
it was a lot to say, hey, I did this, I accomplished this, but I also wanted that tap. I wanted to tap into whatever that next step was. It's really stabilizing. Yeah. You know, like when you get that first level, it is. It's sort of a, wait a second, I'm no longer um, having to constantly look outside for support and for um, maintaining my energy. You know, you get that first training, it's like, okay, wait a second, I'm now well enough and stable enough to begin you know, to give myself some really high quality care mm-hmm. and reinforcement. And I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it, it has definitely helped me grow in ways that I never thought I could. But I think I've always had that potential in me. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until that Reiki training session that I feel like there was a, a turn or a fork in the road that made me go, okay, well, I want to take the higher road and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's like almost anything. You kind of have to experience it before you can talk about it. Yeah. Um, either way, you know, before you can discount it or become an advocate for it, you have to know for yourself, you know, what it looks like and feels like. And um, honestly, anything that's going to encourage us to be healthier and a little bit more grounded and balanced, like I can't say no. Thank you for uh, shedding more light on this and making it more understandable to the masses because I try my best, but I certainly don't do it as good as you do. Well, it is my favorite thing to do and to talk about. So like I said, I, I can run away with it. Um, the other thing that is probably worth mentioning is that I offer free consultations that are half an hour. So if there are people that have more questions and aren't prepared to commit you know, they're either a little intimidated by a session, book a consultation and just come check in. You know, get a sense of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> what it is that can happen, what it is that you're you're dealing with. Um, and that's, you can find all your information at sierrapodva.com. Mm-hmm. S-I-E-R-R-A-P-O-D-V-A dot that's, com. That's it. Um, we're good on time just for one more? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from my wife. She wanted me to ask you, can you tell me something about myself, being me, my past or a deceased relative that I've given you no prior knowledge of, something only I could know, um, and this one is just for the skeptics. Oh. Just to put you on the spot. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Um... Like I said before, in terms of like being able to tell you something, that's really more about their willingness to come through. Uh, I have a hard time working with absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I need someone to come in and at least say, you know, like I had a woman come in and they say, hey, my brother-in-law passed away. Can you tell me anything about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and even that was enough. I said, yeah, it was an accident, and he feels like it was at least partially his fault. And she said, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. And didn't give me any other feedback, so I don't know. Hmm. But I did need to know that she was looking for that information. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Haley's wanting you to tell me something. Yeah. About myself. Uh-huh. What do you, what do you I don't know. know about I, yourself? Well, okay. Um, hmm. Well, see, this is this. I I I guess this is such a loaded question. Yeah. That there's so many things that you can answer. I know. Um, can you just pick anything out of the air and just be like, um, you broke your arm doing this when you were a kid, or I don't know. 
Is it that does it not work like that? It doesn't usually work for me like that, okay. which isn't to say like I'm afraid of it going. But like I said, it's more like going into your energy field. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the reasons that I'm really careful to tell people like I'm not a psychic, I'm an intuitive. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't want to do predictive work or necessarily be like, hmm. There have been times if it's important that something really clear will come up. Um, like as soon as you asked me that, for some reason, a picture of you hating soccer came into my head. That's um, random. <laughs> right? <laughs> not a fan of it, but you know. No, it was a picture of you like as a little kid, like. That sounds about right. Just really, someone's going to make me stand, like, come on, this is not what I'm into. I did um, hate soccer. <laughs> and so who knows why that's what came up. Right. And even if that's something that's important enough to share, you know, mm -hmm. like the picture was really, to be totally specific, was if you like, you know how they make you do the stupid soccer team? Oh, hold the ball on <laughs> the side and pose with it? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole feeling of that was just... Ugh. <laughs> like I'm not your monkey you know yeah. it's just this and so I have no idea how relevant that is well, in any way shape or form but it made me laugh yeah well I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> alright and good to know you hate soccer yeah that's true mm -hmm. so Haley there you go there you go Haley mm -hmm. I hope that sounds that's pretty deep meaningful information I think, right I think she's just trying to dig some dirt up that I haven't told her about yet or something <laughs> it doesn't work like that does only information for the highest healing grade is good, Haley. That's right. Yeah. Remember that. All right. Well, thank you very much, Sierra, for spending this afternoon with me. Thank you for coming. That yes. was awesome. That was very fun. All right. Great. Well, I must say, after the interview, the hour that I spent with Sierra, normally it's spent saying a lot less than that. And I'm laying on the table and I'm getting my energy worked out. And uh, I feel like a million bucks after a session. I still felt that way. Just being in her presence helps me feel happier and helps me feel like a little uh, levity has been, you know, taken off my shoulders, a lot of the weight, the pressures, the stress. It's almost like she has this such calm peaceness, peaceness, really peaceness, that's not a word, peacefulness that comes from just being in her presence. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with the practice of, of energy work and, and Reiki and all of the things that are encompassed within the meaning behind all of this work that we do. Um, with Sierra. So if you are interested at all with seeing Sierra and uh, getting some energy work done, you can reach her at sierrapodva.com or look on Facebook uh, under Sierra Intuitive Integration. Um, and if you need to, go ahead and email me, rad at radradio.com, and I'd be happy to answer any further questions that you may have about it, uh, about Reiki and about energy work. And Sierra, if you need to get connected with her, I would be happy to send you her way. Until next week, namaste, bitches. The Rad Broadcast. The Rad Broadcast. The Rad Broadcast.